Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hunt and I get to be the pastor of Christian Harbor Church in Orville, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining us today. I believe that the message you're about to hear is going to inspire, encourage, and give you the tools that you need to move your life forward for whatever season you are in. So let's go right into the service today and lean into God's Word. This morning I get the beautiful opportunity to um, invite my mother to the stage. She's going to be giving the Word today. She's an amazing mother, if I do say so myself. Uh, she's my friend, and she's an amazing nurse. To know her is to love her, so I encourage you to get to know her. You won't regret it. Church, can we please make welcome Pastor Charlene? Well, that's easy to follow. I'm so proud of my children, all four of our daughters, and um, I'm just so thankful for Christian Harbor Church. All these years, all the years ago when she was in, literally in a pack and play, we started this church, and she was the first baby of Christian Harbor, and I just am so thankful that we are still going strong, moving ahead, going to two services, that nothing is stopping Christian Harbor. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody, especially our VIPs. Welcome. It is truly an honor to stand here to bring the word. I've been in this pulpit many times over the 28 ish years that we've been a church and I never ever ever take it for granted because it is truly an honor to be trusted with the platform um, at, at, a, at a service where it is so important where people hear the word of God and I thank Pastor Chris and Jenny for that. Pastor Chris asked me to give you a little bit of an update um, about Pastor Jenny. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, last week, Pastor Jenny had a planned admission to the hospital to have open-heart surgery. And there were some more pressing uh, procedures that needed to be done for other patients. So her surgery has been postponed. Um, they are still in the hospital, hanging out. Um, I'm sure they're um, just falling in love again, over and over again. and. Uh, they are waiting on uh, probably surgery tomorrow. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, keep not just them, but their children in your prayers and um, all of the parents involved. And uh, we just want to lift them up. And she's doing great, but we're just, just waiting. So I want to um, tell you, we're not going to do the family service. The, we've been following the path of the series on family. Today we're going to take a pause, but that doesn't mean we're not going to finish it because Pastor Chris still has a great word um, and wants to get that done. So today we're just going to take a little break from that. Um, I'm trying to um, emulate Pastor Chris this morning. He's up here preaching with a cool tablet, and I brought mine too. It's 25 cents, four for a dollar, and school supply aisle. 
So uh, I'm, I'm doing what he does. I don't have a table because with bifocals I need the slant of the pulpit. So it might look a little bit different, but just pretend it's just like that. Greg asked me if I wanted the headset, and I'm like, well, I thought about it, and I'm like, no, I don't, because if I get too excited and I wheeze, you're going to hear that. So I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to use the microphone, old school, and uh, my, my dear friend Cindy will be praying backing me up over here, and my dear friend Cindy on this side is going to pray and back me up on this side. So all of you in the middle, you've got some work to do as well. I want to start by talking about a place in the Bible, a place that was considered the mountain of God, Mount Horeb. And in the Bible, you might read that it's called Mount Horeb, or you might read that it's called Mount Sinai. I do not claim to be a Bible scholar to know when they called it one name and when they called it another. My husband, the Bible scholar, was trying to explain this to me, and again, I'm just going to call it Mount Horeb today for all of you. Many amazing things happened in or around Mount Horeb. We're going to talk about a couple of those amazing things today. Um, it's just awesome to me how God can use some of the deepest, darkest places of our life turn them around for good, make that way when it seems that there is no way every time giving us the path that he wants us to follow. One example of an event that happened at Mount Horeb was Moses, um, great leader, um, led people of Israel out of Egypt. Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep on the backside of the desert. I'm not sure what that looks like because my limited desert experience is the Prince of Egypt. So I don't exactly know what the backside looks like, but I know it's dry, it's dirty, windy, and kind of obscured from everything else, isolated. But while he was tending those sheep, he came to... Mount Horeb, and when he went on the mountain, he had an encounter with God. The encounter went something like this. You have the desert, you have the mountain, and somewhere on that mountain there had to be some kind of vegetation because he came to a bush that was burning. And the bush was on fire but yet it wasn't consumed. And out of the middle of that fire, out of the middle of the bush, God speaks to Moses. And he tells him to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground. And I find that really interesting because he is surrounded by a desert. He's in an isolated place. He's climbing a mountain with the only people to talk to are the sheep, and yet he experiences God in a way that just seems unbelievable. And I, it is impressive that God will use whatever he needs to use to get our attention and to talk to us. 
Moses was kind of a spokesperson. He was the go-between between God and the people of Israel. He would, they would, you know, be going through something, he would talk to God about it, and God would, would talk to him. And Moses was, we're going to, you know, use Pastor Chris as an example. Pastor Chris leads us, but he doesn't have to talk to God for us. He can talk to God on our behalf, but we have that right to talk to God ourselves. There was a time that the Ten Commandments were given to Moses on Mount Horeb, and there was a special time, a special preparation that had to take place that, so that someone else, so that the people of Israel could hear from God themselves instead of through what God told Moses. But through that, the people were still afraid, and they're like, no, you talk to God for us. You were, they got kind of afraid. There was, there was this little thing called an earthquake, the little thing called fire and smoke, and they did get afraid. But God wanted to speak to them, just them. God answers Moses on the mountain. God spoke to Moses on the mountain. In Exodus, the scripture tells us that the people that Moses was leading became thirsty in the desert. Their cattle were thirsty in the desert, and they didn't have enough to drink. And Moses goes to God, and he says, what do we do? What shall I do? And don't we sometimes, we get in that place where we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle a situation. We really don't know what is the next step, what is the path, how there's ever going to be a way made, but yet God does it. We're going to go to a scripture in Exodus chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the river and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. God used extraordinary measures to take care of his people. There was another event that happened at Mount Horeb, and I want to talk to you about that. There was a prophet named Elijah, and Elijah was a great man. And there was an evil woman named Jezebel that did not want the prophets to live. And she was having them killed. And she came after Elijah, and she told Elijah, that even as pretty much as soon as sure as I'm here today, you're going to die tomorrow. And he got afraid, and he ran. And he ran a whole day's journey, and he fell asleep under a tree. And God spoke to him, and an angel appeared to him, and he was given nourishment, he was given food for a long journey. And Elijah ran to Mount Horeb. He 
he ran to the mountain of God. He ran to the place that he knew he could find the presence of the Lord. He traveled and he traveled and he traveled. And when he got there, he went in a cave, in a cold and a damp place. He went in the cave. Now, I don't know about you, but the dark isn't my favorite thing. Um, there might be spiders, bugs, mice, all those things in the cave. But that's where he went because he knew it was the mountain of God. And he was seeking God in that place. Forty days and forty nights he traveled to get to the presence of God. The Lord met him there. At one point, the Lord told him to leave the cave and stand and that God would stand before him. God then instructed him. He didn't give him the instructions that you might think. He actually told him to go back where he came from, but he gave him a plan on how to do it and who to talk to along the way when he went, and God spared his life. I want to now take us to how this connects with the New Testament. Sometimes we read things in the Old Testament, and, and there's so much rich, rich history in the Old Testament, but I want to connect it to the New Testament and talk about a temple, a temple that was in Jerusalem and a temple that had a place that was divided. And in that past that division, there was a big curtain or a veil. And past that curtain was where the Ark of the Covenant lived. And that was where the Ten Commandments, the big tablets, were, were kept. That's where only the high priests could have access to the presence of God behind that veil. It was very limited. But that curtain was a representation of you have, to, you have to only be a certain person to get around here. Similar to Mount Horeb, how Moses was the spokesperson, the high priests were the spokespeople, um, and they were the ones allowed in there to the presence. As I said, the high priests had that access that other people coveted and wanted, but God saw that we needed a better way. He saw that it, is, it was too difficult for people to get to him. People were not coming to him. We don't need, God said, we, you know, we didn't need a 40-day travel to get to the presence of God. We shouldn't need to have to climb a mountain through a desert to get to the presence of God. So what God did was he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to the earth so that we could all have access to the Father. He sent his son. He was nailed to a cross. He was wounded, beaten, bruised. His beard was pulled. A crown of thorns was placed on his head. There were, um, he was mocked. He was forced to walk through the streets. Um, after he had uh, 39 stripes with a whip on his back and barely clothed and or not at all, and he was nailed to the cross and crucified. But something amazing happened. 
When Jesus breathed his very last breath, an earthquake happened. The rocks split. The veil at the temple, the curtain tore in two, symbolizing that we now have access to the Father anytime, anywhere. We can be at Christian Harbor on a Sunday morning, raising our hands to worship the Lord, be in his presence right here. We witnessed it and experienced it this morning. We can be at home in a bathtub. We can be out in the yard, on the farm. We can be anywhere and have access immediately to the Father, and we can have that conversation with him. There's no longer a barrier between us and God. There's no longer distance between us and God. And, you know, a lot of people travel to great places you know, we, we tra- I've done it. I've traveled to hear different ministers preach. I've traveled to hear different singers. I have been the, the minister that traveled. But it's really, I mean, that's great because it feeds us. It, it really does. But it's not necessary because we can, where we are, have access to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. We no longer need a human man to stand between God and us, and to speak for us and say, you know, they're thirsty. Give them, you know, what do we do? But we can go to him ourselves and say, God, I'm thirsty. What do I do? God, I am lost. What do I do? God is the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. He's the same God that was on that Mount Horeb. He's the same God that was at the base of the, of the desert. He's the same God in the bush. He's the same God in the cave. He's the same God no matter what. And he does not change. When the rock splits, we have access to the Father. Sometimes we have hard places in our heart. Sometimes our, our wounds are, are great. Sometimes the things that we have gone through are overwhelming. But God, if we just ask, can split that hard place off of our heart And he can allow his peace, his hope, his joy to come in and take its place. I am so thankful that we have a God that is accessible, that there are no restrictions, that we don't have to have certain access to get through. I'm a surgery nurse, and we have to wear certain clothes to get into surgery. You know, the scrubs, the shoe covers, the hair uh, protection. If you have a beard, you know, a beard protector, a, a mask, you have to wear certain things just to be able to get past a certain door. But 
our heavenly father there are no doors there are not there is nothing blocking it there is nothing we elijah stood and god stood before him on the mountain moses stood at the bush and god was before him god even told moses several times in the scripture to stand and i will go before you but we have that access that we can just stand no matter where we're at right here right there and we have that access to God and we can just have that conversation and cry out to him and say Lord I need you today Romans 10:13 says that all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved there is not one person that is unsavable you may think that you can't invite someone to church because they will never come they will never do it they will i they will i don't know how they're ever going to be saved but i can't reach them but i'm telling you there is not one person that is not reachable we all have that ability to pray to the father to pray for them to go and be that person that says, "Hey, we're having this, you know, series at our church. Would you would you come with me?" You never know what their hurt is inside, what they are going through. You may think that you know about them, but you probably don't. Let God lead you and and open your your mouth and invite those, talk to those, be that example for others. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes on him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Mount Horeb is an example of all the extraordinary things that God can do for someone. In the middle when there's nothing, there's nothing he can still speak. In the darkest places, he can still speak. When it is dry and you think my marriage is dried up, it's dead, I cannot go on, God can heal that place. He can take those hard, hard rocks and those places and he can split them and he can restore life and hope and joy wherever you need it. I know that today is not as long of a sermon as you might normally expect, but I know that the words that I have written, the words that I have said, are the words that have been on my heart for weeks. I had started this message weeks and weeks ago before Pastor Chris ever asked me to speak. I believe that there are things in each one of us that we have that we need God to work on, that we need to, him to split. We need him to break up those rocks. We need him maybe to cause an earthquake in that situation so that things just crumble. The Bible also talks to us about a walled city named Jericho where 
it looked hopeless. But God caused an army of a community to listen to his voice, march around the city for seven days, and those walls crumbled. God can crumble anything that is standing in your way, anything that you are facing, anything that seems too hard, God can take care of it. Thanks again for joining us this week. Our hope and prayer is that you have been inspired and equipped to move forward in the grace of God. If you haven't already, head over and follow us on all our social media platforms. And I personally want to thank all of you who partner with us, whether financially or serving, for providing an opportunity for this message of hope found in Jesus Christ to go all around the world.